Aloha, I'm Ash. Aloha, I'm Matt. We are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to the Inner Work Podcast. We have a funny story. We're way out here on Big Island and we're kind of reclusive. We don't really leave the property too often, but Mm, definitely, this is definitely our healing sanctuary. Yeah. But like two weeks ago, our internet stopped working and we had to get on the internet. So we went to the coffee bean, which we never go into. Yeah. I had literally never been there. We don't even drink coffee, but we went there. And while we were there, we ran into Daniel Eisenman. And if you don't know who Daniel Eisenman is, you might have you might recognize him from a viral Facebook video. He's mm. known as the Om Daddy. And Om Daddy? Yeah, there's this crying <laughs> baby, and the baby's crying. He's holding the baby. It's his baby. And he looks at the baby and just starts oming. Like, he has a really masculine om, mm-hmm. you know? Deep resonant om, yeah. And then he, the baby stops crying, and he went viral. But that's just that's just one thing he did. He's also... <laughs> that's just one little gift of his magic. Yeah, he's also known as the Freedom Catalyst. And he wrote this book called Breaking Normal, which is all about stepping into your awesomeness and your authentic self yeah and breaking out of your shame and stepping into your light and he also is the founder of tribe design which is why he was here on big island because he runs retreats all over the world and creates this safe environment for people to really break out of their shell and step into their authentic selves through the power of community and building mm. a tribe in the fastest amount of time. And that's why he was here. But we, we ran into him at the Coffee Bean. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because not understanding the full scope of who he was, I found that I was getting uh, triggered or rather mirrored something that I was still working on healing and in fact had been praying and consciously bringing into my life, I've been actively trying to heal my past shame. And literally, that is Daniel's message and gift is like, we have to move on from that and, and break out of this self-imposed prison that we have put on ourselves through limiting ourselves. And without knowing it, it was really funny. The first time we ran into him, you know, I really, I noticed that this subconscious shame of mine was getting triggered and you know I didn't really think much of it just kind of noticed it as it happened and we just thought okay well maybe you know we'll see what happens we'll see if we see him again what's interesting is then we see him again and it comes up again okay so first of all it's wild that we're even running into him at all okay but then the fact that I'm getting this interesting trigger two times in a row being like Matthew why aren't you healing this trigger and To go into more, so what the trigger is, is Daniel is very bright. He's such a beautiful, bright light. And he is definitely living his teaching. He's embodying this constant uh, catalyst. You know, he is this constant catalyst of freedom. Of freedom and helping people be free and by shining their light. And that is something I've literally been processing and healing and trying to work on. and, And I and it's almost like life was like, okay, you want to heal it? Well, here, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, and just to set, set the stage, Daniel's a very healthy, tall, attractive man. 
just like Matthew. And he also is just always smiling and he's very precise with his language. So mm. when you speak to him, he, he'll, he'll use very intentional words to affirm his mm. happiness and freedom. So if you ask Daniel how he is, he's going to tell you, <laughs> I'm awesome. I had an amazing day. Everything's working out for my benefit. I just had just an adventurous, spontaneous, amazing experience meeting epic people, right? And, it's in, and if you're not in that space mm. yourself, it really could trigger you, yep. right? Because it makes you think, well, I want that. Am I that? Am, am I, I that, that free? Am I letting am myself I that do happy? that? Mm-hmm. Am I that right? And then not only that, but when we ran into him the second time, he walked into the grocery store, I think, with his shirt off, and then he was like carrying this, like his baby. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. gorgeous daughter, his gorgeous wife. He comes in. And his gorgeous eight pack. Yeah, his gorgeous wife. And then like there's like angel time. music. Ah! <laughs> and he walks in smiling, you know. And Hey guys. Yeah, right. So, th- so that's the stage. And and as much inner work as we do and as much self-awareness we do, we still have our triggers, right? And Matt. Seeing another bright man, I didn't even realize that that was something I still needed to really heal and allow myself to... I saw in him things that I was rejecting within myself. Right. So the question that we're inviting you to ask about yourself is, can you see yourself in this situation? Is there anything that anybody in your life brings up for you that you keep to yourself Mm. and keep the story going? Because ultimately... His book, which we've now read, mm-hmm. talks about how there's a difference between you're noticing things or you're imagining of them, the stories you're telling. Noticing is just drawing attention to the pure facts of there's a man and woman standing in front of me, they're looking at me, they're smiling, my chest is getting tight, my palms are getting sweaty, you know, just observing pure, raw data of the moment. Whereas imagining is the stories our mind is telling, like, oh, these people are in my life. They're probably judging me right now. Well, why are they smiling? Are they smi- Are they happy or are they, is they throwing me off? Are they, oh, what is going on here? You know, what's the story that is going on that we're continuing to keep up with? In, should I be ashamed? Should I feel judged? Are they judging me? No, I don't know. Wait, why is he smiling? What's going on here? Yeah, and not being able to be present in the radical moment mm. of what's actually happening what's because actually we're happening. in our head, right? So it's so funny because this is Daniel's life work. This is what he teaches. This is what he talks about. He really tries to get us out of our own head into our bodies because when we're in our bodies, we're in the present moment. And he hosts these retreats all over the world, which is why he was here on Big Island doing that type of work. And then here we are meeting him at the grocery store and he is so in alignment with his dharma because Mm. he is facilitating that teaching, even just in his essence and in his being and just meeting him. So we invited him to come on the podcast so that we could talk about exactly all of this Mm. (laughs) and that so that we could ask him, you know, how do we get out of our heads and get into our bodies? How do we, break out of normalcy how do we step into our awesomeness yeah right and how do we address these triggers and put them in the past how do we heal these things and move on how do we break out and finally use these triggers to step into the discomfort face it talk to the person who's triggering you and lo and behold I felt comfortable enough to just have the conversation with him right away And just be like, hey, man, yeah, I'm totally having these experiences. This is totally coming up for me. And 
giving the ability to process it and heal it. So after the podcast, Daniel offered up a total immersion, breaking normal experience. And Ashley and I just knew like, yes, I have to do this. And what this was, was an entire day, just one-on-one process after process after process of, you know, Daniel facilitating experiences for me to face everything that was holding me back, everything that was keeping me normal, everything that was limiting me, whether it was shame from say childhood programming, whether it was like worrying about what other people think about me, whether it was, you know, everything I think I should be and should not be and what I should say and what I shouldn't do or like all these, you know, processes of how can I break down the barriers that are holding me back? You know, even processing silly belief systems I was holding, like, you know, don't be too loud, like, you know, always be overly considerate about everyone else and how they're feeling and thinking and and how you're impacting them. And, but then that became so crippling to me that then I wasn't even being myself anymore. I was so self-edited that like the real Matthew wasn't even around anymore. Mm. And after this experience, I mean, Ashley, what would you say? I mean, I feel like I came out an entirely different person. Yeah. You were basically gone all day and I was like, what are they doing? I just wonder (laughs) what they're doing. And, um, you came back and honestly, like your physical body looked different to me because it just looked like you were standing up taller and Mm. your shoulders were broader and your essence and aura was cleansed and just radiating bright Mm. and you were just so euphoric and happy. I feel like you've done a really good job of keeping that experience in the seat of your soul and although you're not literally euphorically high 24-7 like when you just got back, I do feel like you definitely have shed all the doubt Mm. and fear and shame that you were tightly holding on to and I feel like you just came back ready to just move on like you're like I'm giving this up I'm so ready to move on and I know that you did a lot of interesting processes one-on-one day like Mm -hmm. you guys got naked together (laughs) yes we did. (laughs) um you you know admitted all of your insecurities insecurities. vulnerabilities just said it to someone out loud and just faced all those demons you know and for me what was crazy too is for like me to share that with another man I feel like I was initiated yeah you know like just that was my own experience of just like an initiation catalyst breaking normal experience it It sounded like was monumental when you got home that he really just totally ripped you out of your comfort zone and you know like the movie Fight Club where like the guy Tyler Durden yeah yeah I felt like it sounded like that like I had my own Tyler Durden experience (laughs) yeah and it was like all right man like let's go it's let's go so anyways we had to add this little clip in because we recorded this podcast prior to Matthew's Mm -hmm. immersion but to to bring this full circle is what started out as just a run-in with you know a random person that triggered you and really bubbled up some insecurity and fear and maybe even self-doubt yeah just revealed like where I still had work to do done yeah that person because you opened your heart and you were willing to surrender that was like everything I was saying all day he'd be like hey man you ready for this and I'd be like well uh I my ego and my I'm feeling really uncomfortable I don't want to do it but that's exactly why I have to right. <laughs> like I surrender that guy ended up being the catalyst yep. 
to you for you to liberate yourself yeah. from those things and it's just a full circle it's amazing it's and amazing, and it wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have been open-minded and opened your heart because that that wall and that defense mechanism you had mm-hmm. could have just blocked him out and you could have never had that experience at all and you could have never made that friendship and mm-hmm. but you didn't allow that to happen you pushed through your judgments and it's freaking amazing yeah <laughs> so, so we're very grateful to for <laughs> Uh, Daniel Eisman for that. And without further ado, let's hear all about his immersions, his retreats, where he takes people through breaking normal freedom catalyst experiences to help them break out of everything that is holding them back from their true selves. On today's episode of the Inner Work Podcast, we have Daniel Eisenman. He graduated pre-med from Emory University with a bachelor's degree in biology and even took the MCAT about 10 years ago. Before applying to medical school to stay on the path of normal as people advised him, he decided to take a year off. That year off has now turned into a decade of breaking normal. Adventures throughout all 50 states and 20 plus countries. He travels the world as a keynote speaker and facilitator of breaking normal experiences, which are basically radical retreats and workshops that are based on principles of raw honesty and emotional freedom. He found that the common theme throughout his journey and experiences was that so many people seem to be trapped in self-imposed prisons, keeping a lid on their genius, joy, and growth. Thus, Breaking Normal was birthed as a way for people to free themselves from the self-imposed prison within their own minds. Welcome on, Daniel Eisenman. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) We are reading your book right now, and it has come again in a really timely point in our lives. We just had another guest on our last episode, and it seems like every book that's coming into our lives is just speaking to to us in this exact moment. So we really appreciate you living in your dharma and writing that book because we needed to hear it. So speaking of that book... Let's get into it. What could you say is, you know, right away in the book, you say that being normal is a disease and like, take it away. Like, what is that, that normalcy that we've fallen into? Uh, normal in that sense. And I think in the broader sense of what I mean is it's a sort of an, a mass addiction to approval. Mm. Um, programmed at usually a very early age in someone's life and they their behavior starts to uh, become about fitting in rather mm. than like what's wildly coming through them mm. and there's a lot of like from schools to like you, you see the domestication of uh, people or animals through zoos prisons schools and they're all suspiciously similar so I think the the program of normal is really good to keep large amounts of people under control, but it's a bit dangerous for someone that's really um, wanting to find out what they truly are. Mm. Do you have a personal like testimony or story of like how this, I don't want to call it an obsession with breaking out of normalcy, but like what inspired you to begin with to, to even look into that? I think it was uh, probably my family dynamics of seeing my fa- uh, parents, cousins um, talk about each other differently how they would talk to each other mm. and I think I caught all that like through I had red flags about that from the beginning and something also at this moment I'm remembering and um a story comes into my mind every once in a while I think it was like a third grade 
I started cussing because everyone else around was cussing, <laughs> cussing. And I started just like cussing like crazy for two weeks. And then I decided, like, I realized at that point that I was doing this. It didn't even feel good, but I was doing it to look like everyone else around me. Mm. And I think catching myself in that act that early and then doing something about it, then I became the person that didn't cuss. Mm. And um, so, I, yeah, I guess just those red flags that came up at an early age, I paid attention to them, and I'm still paying attention to them. Yeah, yeah like, like questioning why you're doing what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah, and like, yeah, why would I, act, like, why do I uh, act differently in different spaces? Yeah. Mm. And how do you stay in your authenticity despite what your circumstances are or what people are in front of you? Which is... It's my work to a T. Yeah, this is why reading your book right now is so um, amazing because on our last few episodes of our podcast, we've been digging into this a lot. We've been, we've, we went over themes of consciousness and we talked about um, our struggle with shame and mm. being confident and okay with our own light and why that's such a obstacle like why is it so hard to just be okay with who we are and truly love yourself yeah in your your own unique expression and that's what your entire book (laughs) seems to be you know speaking to and what it seems to be about so yeah, I don't think it's by accident that we're all here. And I think no. it's because we're probably willing to explore like the, the the cool orange flags. Like the orange flags <laughs> mean like the surf is good. Sure. Like, wow, oh, we, yeah, keep yeah. Run, we keep running into each other. What is this about? Right. And as we are continuing to share our message and, and helping through the inner work, I've been noticing all my own embarrassment and like shutting down of things I didn't even know were in me until I really started to believe in myself and and love myself in the form of like, hey, I can do this. I should be myself. I don't need to hide that anymore. And just like your book says, it's fascinating to go back into our parenting and realize that sometimes we could subconsciously get the message that we should be sorry for existing. And I literally told Ashley a few days ago, yeah. I was, I told her, I just feel like I owe my existence to my parents or I like I should, I should feel sorry that I exist to them or that mm. I like owe them my life now and I should conform to whatever they project onto me. And it's really funny because another similarity is I pursued the medical route too, to become a doctor because that's what they said was normal as you would put it or what I should do. And had the same, you know, kind of epiphanies as I got into that modality of healing and just realizing the real thing is not healing in people, is our love for ourselves and myself included. And so if you could expound on that process of how how do we see flawed beliefs we inherited of not accepting ourselves and how do we then move through that? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and that, this is the alignment is amazing. I like to honor that still. And uh, I think it's important to realize how early it starts. So I think growth takes place in something like these steps. There is first an awareness. Like, so first, how can someone upgrade something if they don't even know what it is? So first to get aware of what's going on. And then when you find something, to accept it. Like, oh, wow, maybe there is a programming that I'm playing out where I'm hiding my light or I've hid my light to 
not intimidate others. Maybe that's happening. Can I accept that? If, and if I can, then what are my feelings around that? What are my the sensations in my body that come up if I accept that as a truth in my mind? And to amplify those feelings, to amplify those feelings. And that's uh, maybe where tears will come up or trembling or physical uh, things might come up. And to, because there might be a, an emotional blockage may also be a physical one in a way. Mm. And then the, and take, take action. Now that you're aware of it, you've accepted it, you've amplified your feelings around it, it's a great place to use that fuel for fire to take action and upgrade the situation. So I have a, my daughter's of almost 20 months and she's, uh, she can be crazy. She can act crazy. You, you kind of, me and her were like singing in the grocery store. I don't know if you heard us, but um, she wants to sing. So I'm singing with her and I could easily see some parents at a grocery store telling their daughter or son at that age, like, don't sing like this is a, you know, we don't want to disturb mm-hmm. the peace. Mm-hmm. So that could be the, that could be someone's shutting down of their gift right there. Singing is a gift up for everybody, first of all, not only the people on stages, but Mm -hmm. um, it could, this could be a shutting down of someone that deserves to be on stages singing to thousands of people because maybe her mom didn't want to be embarrassed at a grocery store at two years old. Mm. Yeah. And and wrapping that back up your book, you really clearly outlined exactly what you just said that that all of this um, discomfort we're feeling in our bodies is coming from not being who we truly are. And it really roots back to childhood of somebody telling us, standing over us, telling us no, or we should be different than what we are and we should conform. And you talk a lot about how normal normalcy is really just another word for people-pleasing. And that we're all trying to you know fit in and be normal, but it, but it really just comes down to people pleasing, and you talk about this concept mirroring. What's mirroring? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious at this point. There's some sort of universal energy that that we share, like a common source of some sort of energy, whether someone calls it God or the Holy Spirit or electricity or whatever it is. And I think that in a way, when I meet y'all. I'm getting to understand myself better. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something that you're triggering me about, so if mm-hmm. I have triggered sensations about something that y'all I'm perceiving from y'all, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's reflecting. It's a reflection of something that I don't understand about myself, mm-hmm. something I want for myself and I don't know how to get it, Yeah. something I don't like about myself. Do you have any examples of mirroring that we're bringing up for you? Oh, I think y'all are mirroring <laughs> like uh, really parts of myself that I enjoy. Okay. That's cool. Parts of myself that I think, like, um, my space is very important. Like, having my own space. is yeah. Like, I feel like you're, you're, y'all having your space is a very important thing in your life right now. Wow. Well, and just, That's really true. And, yeah, and, and just our space being sacred and and how cool it is also to then share that. But yeah, I, we're like, learning that we're learning, like, you know, getting to share with you for the like first we time. said, you're the first person the first that's one ever that come <laughs> on the podcast in person. And you're the first person that's ever visited us on this property because we're, we isolate ourselves so much. So it's really special because I feel like we're coming out of our shell a little bit so. with the perfect person to do so. <laughs> yeah. Breaking normal. Yeah. And I have that's what I've been doing for a lot of what breaking normal has been for me with what I'm talking about is what I've learned of through doing a lot of experiences around mm-hmm. facilitating ways for people to break normal. How do you facilitate in these amazing retreats that you lead? What is just like, I don't know, it's obviously, you know, probably so much to say in terms of all the details, but just the overall like approach, how is it that you go about these retreats breaking people out of normal? 
Uh, so one way, the current umbrella company is International Tribe Design, and the idea of that is designing the strongest tribe as fast as possible. So it's one thing to, as y'all may know, to do the work by yourself. That can be so overwhelming. But to do it with other people, that's another layer. That's mm. like, can I be with myself in the midst of the storm? Mm. So, so I see, I, I always take it back to surfing. Surfing has taught me so much about that everything actually is an energy and waves. Mm-hmm. So uh, going to these retreats, it's like an emo- it's a huge swell of emotion, mm. a huge swell of not only my own emotion but other people's emotions, and mm. like figuring out how to be myself in that space and still sing when I want to sing and still be quiet when I still want to be quiet. To like, and that's what it's all about. It's about people tap like it's more of a heart sync with people than a group think. Because and we actually purposely get pe- talk about topic taboo topics of God, sex, and money, where people really disagree at like an emotional level, mm-hmm. so people can work through that and realize that they can even team up even if they disagree about God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And realize there's like one family even if you have your own opinion. Yep. You can have a differing opinion and still be a part of the same tribe. In these retreats that you lead, like you just said, it's about. Um, getting people to find out how to be themselves amongst the chaos or the big swell of energy, which is really just a microcosm for the macrocosm of life. So what advice would you give to listeners to like start stepping more into their own um, authenticity in the world that, that they're living in and existing in right now? I would first like take care of their temple to be like clear with themselves, especially making sure they're sleeping enough, making sure they're well rested, make sure they're hydrated, make sure they're getting enough sun so they're in tune with their own body and like finding a ritual. Sometimes it works. Like I I do a breath work ritual that I feel like I don't need anything. I can do this breathing ritual and almost create my own weather. Mm. So something like uh, getting clear with your own temple finding a ritual that activates that to know how to supercharge that and then pay attention to I pay attention to my heartbeat so if my heart starts thumping and like maybe I feel my heart in my throat especially I feel like I'm supposed to honor what it like pay attention to what that heartbeat means and what wants to be expressed through me and a lot of times that's like speaking for me that's speaking in front of a group of people mm. and like uh, sharing a perspective that I think will illuminate where they're maybe hitting roadblocks and the cohesive or the uh, coherence of the communication. Mm-hmm. So like the tribe design to me is like at the, on the cutting edge of like community because it's offering a new way of uh, communication. You talk a lot in your book about communication and how our words are essentially casting spells and being really intentional with the words we're choosing in our lives. Could you elaborate on why that is and and what we should do about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, words hold such an amazing power. Like I can say the word God in English and someone that's never spoken in English, it might not evoke a feeling in them. So the word, especially the words that we give meaning to are so important that so important so that I totally believe that that we're praying right now. Mm -hmm. That us three, we're praying and that the people that are listening to this are sharing that prayer. And to our, and our, whatever we're courageous enough, like whatever thoughts, I think we have access to all thoughts, but whatever we're courageous enough to focus on into a thought form that creates an emotion and then we symbologize it by speaking it and putting it into a word, a container that has a meaning, 
that's maybe what magic is. That's maybe what prayer is. That's maybe mm. it's like kind of explicit in the most distributed book in the world, the Bible. I'm pretty certain it says something along before it was created, it was spoken. Mm. So yeah, I'm a big believer in communication and the, uh, to be very conscious and aware of what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's super important because we know we take for granted that every time you're speaking, you are actually manifesting your essence and who you are. So you should probably be paying attention to, <laughs> to who you are declaring you are. And I think that's why, for, for me, your book was so helpful because in the same way, I connect a lot with communication and heart and everything you're describing is very similar for me. And I'm also noticing, though, that when I feel those inspired moments of wanting to follow that, I am facing the obstacles of exactly what you're describing of, of shutting down though, you know, and it's interesting how, how there is a resistance you kind of have to break out of and let go of because sometimes it's so deep and it's so, so subconscious. Do you have any experience yourself with your own inheritance of those limiting beliefs and how, like you mentioned, you know, the cussing story, but do you have anything else where uh, in your own experience, that you felt that bondage of wherever it came from and how you broke out of it? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll circle back to the languaging. Uh, one thing that I've found has given me a lot of liberation, even around potential um, potential patterns that I've been inherited, whether it was through this life or whatever, through who knows, um, is to speak about those in the past. If I'm really ready to let them go, to speak about them in the past. Because they actually are mm. in the past. And mm. this is what, another reason I got so into the languology is because when I learned how to program an app, I didn't actually do the programming, but I have a Breaking Normal app that's in that's being built for a long time now. <laughs> so it's actually still, it works right now. It's awesome. Y'all should play the game on it if I can shit on y'all. But the way that <laughs> works is they put symbols mm. And then that's what creates the reality on that screen of the app. And changing right, a symbol right. one way or the other could change the whole thing. So I'm like realizing that they can do that. They can we can change our reality, but we get to change the symbology as well. So if I'm if I have a pattern that I'm ready to let go of, like if it's feeling guilty, if I'm if I'm mm. too loud. Um, <laughs> let's just say it's literally one of mine. Okay, so you're just you're just on one, man. You're just Dude. Daniel is just channeling pure inspiration, everyone, just so we you know <laughs> So guilty for being too loud. Yeah, <laughs> I do believe what's most personal is most universal too. So this a lot of people might resonate with this. I yeah. I aim to keep it personal because I believe that. That's like mm -hmm. oh that'll what's resonates what's the most and the least maybe spoken about if mm -hmm. it gets really personal. Yeah. T tell me about that experience in the past. What are you what is this thing in the past? I guess, yeah, the first experience of it would be the childhood, like, you don't be loud, be polite, be quiet, don't, shh, you know, like, don't do that. And when's you're, the time you... You're disrupting other people. Okay, cool. And when's the time you experienced that most recently? Was there a time when you're like, oh, I felt a little guilty about... Every day. <laughs> I feel like every day there's an, a small, you know, my mind would rationalize it as I'm being considerate, but is it, but that's maybe just... A rationalization because in reality I'm feeling like insecure insecure and but my mind is convincing me that I'm being considerate but in reality I'm just not sharing who I really am was there a time that happened recently I'm just curious about that specific experience the one that sticks out yeah mm. we went out to dinner um in Kona 
and we were just having a beautiful dinner and we it was such a magical night and I felt I saw Matt getting like he was gonna crawl out of his chair and I was like, <laughs> what's going on and he was like we're just being really loud and people are looking at us Oh, we and were he, so happy. And we were so we're happy. So we happy. were oh, celebrating. We were shining so bright. Oh, yeah, that's that true. I got, and I got really scared. Moment. I was like, whoa. Like, and I it's, usually, we were... it's usually when I'm very happy and I'm very, like, innocently being... She feels guilty for being I, happy. Yeah. But can you put that in the past tense now? Can you okay, not... So, because you're getting somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So put it in the past yeah, tense. Yeah, speak about that as in the past. If you're ready to let it go. Mm. In the past. So something like, I used to feel worried <laughs> about being <laughs> too happy or too vibrant around people, but I don't anymore. And what is it, okay, and what's a new reality? Like, what do you feel now? Like, do you feel like you're subduing yourself right now? I feel like I can be radiant and free, and that uplifts people, and I am not negatively impacting others i'm actually uplifting people with my joy that sounds true (laughs) (laughs) and that it might feel foreign at first but i think a lot of people are used to telling that same story over and over Mm. and they become actually good good at telling the story and becomes believe so believable they actually believe what they think about it yeah like i said i my i feel quite rationalized in defending it you know it's almost like in yoga we would say like the ego becomes like wrapped up and in its story and now defends it through you rationalization. Know, through rationalization, like I said, you know, trying to twist it and I'm being like, being I'm being polite. Con- I'm being polite. I'm being and con- not no, admitting man, it's a You're just not admitting it. And so yeah. it's kind of cool that here we are having this clarity around this topic. And if I could be honest and share what you mirrored using that term for us is your male vibrancy in particular, because I've been around very bright women and it doesn't do the same. But for me, when I saw your bright male confident energy and like, but like spiritually confident, like you're, you're emotionally secure. You are truly like happy being you. And when I, when we ran into you, I noticed that I got triggered by that in and exactly what you you call mirroring is like I saw something in myself that version of myself that I'm not letting myself be, and so therefore I'm your you know your energy triggered me to see that, and it's taken actually since we first ran into you, till now until we started like really getting into the book to see that you literally were a teacher for me, of everything you're saying in your book, by without even knowing it just your energy triggered me to have to look at my own insecurities because in reality I want to be just as bright and my true self is just as full of love and I want to be right there with you but for the first time seeing another man doing it was and being it kind of made me instead get really like whoa I don't know and dim and get like weird Mm -hmm. and like if we were to use like you say in your book to really draw attention to the body it made my my light dim my chest close or tighten or um like my body anxious or uneasy um all in a response to i know deep down that i can be that but i'm not letting myself so it it makes us it irks us 
And it's so interesting. Okay, and this is another one here. It irks, uh, I'm to, I just insert another bit of the linguology aspect. Okay, yeah. So, because I don't know if it irks me. So, mm. I would be curious if you said that in the first person, does it sound more mm. or less true? Ooh, touche. Okay, so when I'm saying irks us... As you're saying, it irks me. I'm yeah. saying I don't think that irks me. So I just want to on what you're. <laughs> I love it. What you're okay. saying. Exactly. I love it. The per- this perfection <laughs> of language, and that's really what breaking normal is all about. So okay, I'm gonna perfect my language here. So it irks me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It used to. It used to. It doesn't have to. It does not anymore. And it's funny that we're literally saying this because you're right. As of today, it does not anymore. This was in the past. This was when we first ran into you. But now it's not. that. That's not true anymore. So even literally, it is in the past tense. Like, it's, it's not true because you are so inspiring and therefore you inspire others. And, and the cool, like, the crazy thing is it can be true again. But I, I literally look at this as like very close to the app reality. Like the apps, our programming of these apps or whatever it is, Windows, it, they continuously get upgraded by changing the symbology around it with charging it with mm-hmm. a, some sort of electricity. And I feel like that's what we can do. We can charge our words with the electricity of emotion and feel, say what we mean, mean what we say and and like really start writing the script mm. to the book of our life rather than like regurgitating mm. um, other people's stories. Other people's stories. Wow. Yeah, and, and like stepping into accountability for I'm going to declare my life. I'm going to write my, my own story rather than just going with the stories that parents or religions or society and culture told us we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. Like I think that they will find a golden thread out of all those teachings too. Not to it's not to throw away the the what resonates with us with mm-hmm. religion or philosophy or education, but to just blindly swallow that. That to me sounds like the blue pill in the matrix. Mm. Especially if it's harming us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good. Those are good to let go of. Um, in the book, you also say that you know. We're all acting normal pretty much, but none of us are normal. And um, what would you say to somebody who just like, they're like, but I just feel like I'm just a normal person. Like, I don't feel like I'm extraordinary. I don't feel like I have any great talents or anything to break out of. I am just a normal Joe Schmo. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't believe them. So I first <laughs> of all, like tell them how I don't believe that. Yeah. And I'd probably start pointing out all the obvious abnormal things about them. Yeah, so what could they do to start to see the extraordinary qualities within themselves to break normal? I think having some very personal conversations with uh, the people that matter the most would be a great start. Mm. So, and, and, t- and confessing, maybe confessing all the ways that this normalcy or this story has ailed them up to this point to like really find a play a safe space to not play it safe about communication. Like a play, there's this, I, I think Brene Brown, or I heard this idea that someone's only as sick as their secret. So I think finding one person and Catholicism is sort of built around this with the confession box. Mm. Um, mm. So whether you want you that's an option, but I, I would say if you want to take it even to a different layer would be if it's if you have something that's ailing you around your mom, talk to your mom about it and carve out a time 
to talk to her directly about it and to do that one person by one person by one person. And then also ask for what you want. If you're having a challenging time finding what's unique, ask these people that you care so much about in this safe, open space where there's no secrets, what is really unique about you? We do, at the beginning of our retreats, that's what we do, actually, a minute and 15 seconds, a person gets to share everything they don't want everyone to know, that they think would ruin their chances of connecting with this group. They get, like, they just black out and tell us right to the point what it is you don't want us to know. Mm. And then, like, another, the, the second half is to, like, brag, like a narcissist, like, what are you so good at? What, like, what it seems so hard to others that comes so easy to you? So they can really kind of feel into both extremes and mm-hmm. find the truth, because some people are playing in one shade for so long. Right, like they're either super shameful or they're super like proud. Prideful. Yeah, yeah and or they're just in right subdued right in the middle because they're like doing the same thing every day, maybe doing something they don't want to do mm-hmm. because maybe they think they're normal or maybe because they think there's not a different way to make money. Right. And like go doing that same thing. Environment's super important as you'll know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being in nature. <laughs> really breaks you out of normalcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when there's an unmanipulated patch of nature, it's a pre- it's a good way to hear something closer to the truth than even words. I feel yeah. like words are like signs, like the menu, but yeah, what's what's here abundantly around us tells the truth. I like that. So something that's easy that everybody could do is just spend more time in nature. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, when I launched my podcast right before coming out to Hawaii, I did this whole miracle morning challenge with this guy. He was one of my interviews here at the Miracle Morning, and I, that was one of the, part of the ritual that I built into like a breaking normal version of that to like go out in nature, take a deep long walk in nature, maybe listen to an audio book, and then do your do the breathing next to like the body of water and start your day like that. That's mm. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> um, you also say asking for what we want is be living in our truth when we're not saying what we want we're we're not living in am i saying that right we're not living in our truth we're not being truthful yeah i, I would say people uh, that is a uh, also a mass way that i think a lot of people have hidden their truth i mean not telling the truth is one type of lie but hiding the truth is a whole other lie and i think a lot of people have been quiet about their desires for way too long so once again looking at my daughter who's 20 months I, i'm so happy she tells us what she wants yeah she's not even speaking english yet yeah. It's almost like for her own survival for, to, to state their desires. And some people, I think, are have gotten scared, maybe because of the fear of rejection or whatever, that they're not asking for what they really want to the people that can actually give it to them. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I continuously drive home the challenge to myself and everyone listening to this and in the book to really ask for what you want without mm-hmm. being attached to getting it. Because I think our mental capacity is awesome. And sometimes even when we ask for something, we'll get some, it might be a no, but there might be a bigger yes because there was a that no was very important. But making it a practice to putting our heart on the line, like what do we want? Yeah. Mm, and really letting yourself say it. Yeah, yeah, and and then and because some people are scared because there's I think they're scared of their own reaction if they don't get it. Yeah. But like just mm. so that's where you got to be aware. They'd rather of that. not try. Like yeah. I don't think I'm capable of actually manifesting that or getting that in my life, or I don't think I'm actually capable of achieving that. So I'd rather just not say it, not try because I'm too mm. afraid of the failure. Yeah. Have y'all ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? No. Oh, there's an awesome scene in that movie, and it's like where the grandfather and the granddaughter are going through this chaotic situation, and someone the grandfather tells her daughter they were on like she was going to a beauty pageant and she didn't think she was beautiful enough to be in it and he just simply explained that 
A true loser is not someone that tries and doesn't come in first place. A true loser is someone that's so scared of trying they don't even go for it. I love that. Mm. So send it. I love that. <laughs> send it. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and send it emotionally. That's why I'm more of getting people to be emotionally dangerous than physically. I, I do things that are um, look physically dangerous sometimes, but I'm very calculated about that. I feel like it's an honor to be as safe as possible in my body and then be more open to my emotions and the, the depths of my spirit. Yeah, in your retreats, it sounds like you guys do a lot of work with getting in touch with your body and moving the body and um, just building this whole body awareness to bring you back in alignment with your authentic self through the body, which is totally a yogic thing. So really appreciate that. Well, we've enjoyed having you on the podcast and I highly recommend that all of our listeners get your book. I got it on Amazon and I downloaded it on my Kindle. It's called Breaking Normal. And this book will just help you come more into your authentic self and break free from the prison inside your own mind, which and if you're listening, in the past. yeah, put it in your past <laughs> and change your language. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. And all, there's tons of um, stories that you share and practices and uh, stories about the retreat experiences that you offer, which I'm really curious about. And I think our listeners would be really curious about. So if you're looking for a radical transformation, I highly recommend you check him out. Daniel highly recommends the audible version. <laughs> yes. So you can get the essence of the voice. Yes. Nice. Yes. That's cool. And we'll put links to all of this um, at the bottom of, of the podcast as well. Mm, thank you all so much. This is feels good. Yeah. Feels God. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank Thank you you all for listening and thank you for being here. Namaste. 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 And also, if interested in his next upcoming Tribe Design Retreat, check it out March 22nd in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm.